0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning, the final from Oracle park in San Francisco. It's the San Francisco giants five, the Cleveland guardians four in 10 innings. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan. And there was no way I could keep myself up to finish this game. I tried. I really did. I, I fell asleep on the couch watching it a little bit. Uh, I watched the ninth inning on my phone and just could not uh, stay awake any longer. So uh, had to wake up in the morning, check the score, just like most of you probably did, to find out that once again, Emmanuel Classe blows the save, and uh, the Guardians lose in 10 innings. It's his 11th lead lead, league-leading 11th save on the season. Blown save, sorry. 11th blown save on the season. And uh, Marlin in his email, we might as well just get to this right now, uh, points out that he, he says, I think the most blown saves in a single season for a pitcher is 14. The only bright spot is for Classé is that I doubt he can match or pass the record with only 17 games remaining. Well, never say never, Marlon. Uh This was almost impossible to research. I could find the career leader in blown saves, which I believe was Fernando Rodney. I cannot find the single season leader for blown saves to save my life, I tried Baseball Reference. I tried Baseball Almanac. I tried Fangraphs. I tried everything. Nobody has this. It's it's bizarre. The only thing I could find was a Bleacher Report article about Brad Lidge. Uh, this article is from 2009. He was having a terrible year. He had just had his eighth, Major League leading eighth blown save. This was in August of 2009 and the article says the current record for blown saves in a single season is 14 held by four different players. The last pitcher to achieve the feat was the Minnesota Twins Ron Davis in 1984. So that's who Emmanuel Clase is chasing. All, all I can say about it is at least let him let him get them all out of a system this season, right? Like if I, as some of these pitchers do have the ability to rack up blown saves. Like if you're going to be a closer, you're going to start to climb the leaderboards in blown saves. Um I don't I didn't see his name on the career board, but he's only been doing this for what, 3 seasons now. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's inevitable you're going to have blown saves. But uh, to be chasing the record, I mean, right? Let let them get them all out of a system this season. Uh, this we're not going anywhere this season and yes, Emmanuel Casas's blown saves are a symptom of that. Also, he shouldn't be pitching in the 10th inning. Like, we just... he This, this runner-on second rule messes with him. He's just... He's not built for these extra inning games unless you give him a big lead. Uh, I'm trying to pull up his splits right here. So, in the... Uh, in extra innings, in nine games now in extra innings. Seven innings pitched. He's got a 514 ERA with a 1.86 whip. It just, it doesn't, it's 10 runs to four earned runs, which means I guess uh, six of those would be that runner at second base who came around to score because it goes as an unearned run uh, for the pitcher. Uh, they didn't put him on base. So yeah, I mean that's that's a significant jump. That's that's almost a point eight percent jump, uh point eight increase in his whip from the ninth inning where he has a one point zero eight whip. That's a uh, nearly two over two point increase in his ERA. His ERA in the ninth inning is two point nine eight, up to a five fourteen. Maybe just don't. Don't pitch him in extra innings unless you've got. I know it's hard. He's your closer. You need him to go out there and close the game. But that situation with that runner on second base really messes with him. So uh, once again, it's a blow. It'd be interesting to see how many of these eleven blown saves uh, came in extra innings. Uh, I feel. I feel like with 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 that, with that ERA in extra innings, it's probably a lot of them. So. Uh, that's the negative in the game. Uh, the uh, the Giants rally. They hit a couple of singles up the middle, uh, and driving two runs against him. Uh, Blake Sable and Lamont Wade Jr. And uh, yeah, uh, Wade Junior's was right down the middle of the plate. Sable fought off an inside cutter. Uh, they were both cutters. Both hits he gives up were cutters. Um. Uh, uh, Sable fought off one that was in off the plate. That's frankly not a bad pitch, and he just finds the perfect spot on the infield to get it back up the middle. uh Lamont Jr.'s was right down the middle of the plate. And even at 101.1 miles per hour, I, you're putting pitches down the middle of the plate. Major League hitters can't handle that. So, uh yeah, Class A, extra innings, not a good combo once again. All right, so we're going to go through this game. We're going to try to find our positives here because, I, frankly, it was a competitive game, 3-3 game, going into extra innings. The Guardians did rally back to score in the seventh to tie the game up. The bullpen did put up zeros after Gavin Williams exits and, you know, after six innings pitch. The bullpen, despite really walking the tightrope, every single person in the bullpen except for De Los Santos gives up hits in this game. But they do manage to throw up the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings without giving up a run. So uh, Ronaldo Lopez gets Henches out of some trouble. Matt Moore gets into some more trouble. De Los Santos gets him out of that, and then pitches a clean eighth inning. Uh, Good job by De Los Santos there. Um, Or I say sorry, a clean ninth inning um, to get them to extra innings. So. Uh, the bullpen that is positive right there, that the bullpen is able to hang on to this three, three game, give the offense some opportunities to try to make this thing happen. Um, I mean, they had two runners on in the ninth inning and Naylor grounds out, unfortunately, uh, to end the threat. So, I mean, they had two runners on in the eighth inning; They had a lot of chances here, a lot of chances to try to get this thing home for the bullpen. Uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, God, this offense just uh, – the big hit is just not there. It's just – I mean, Josh Naylor's two-run home run is nice. And believe me, it's a big positive. We're going to talk about it in a second. But uh, the big hit, the big one that blows the game open, it's just not there for this offense, right? Uh, it's, it's frustrating as a fan to watch. It just – you – you're waiting you're just waiting and waiting for one explosive inning for for one rally and it's just this whole the this whole road trip it has not been there um all right so uh let's talk some other positives on offense right it was nice to see Quan tie up that game in the 7th inning it's an 0-2 count and he fights off a high pitch um and fights it off in the center field uh so it's a good piece of hitting right there from Kwan to be able to get that RBI. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, he had fouled off three pitches in a row. Man, he was in swing mode. Oh, well, they were right down the middle of the plate, so I can't blame him. I'm a slider right down the middle of the plate that he fouls off. A 4 fastball down the middle that he fouls off. Then he's in protect mode, and he fouls off a fastball away. And then it's just a straight forcing fastball up above the shoulders and uh he really fights it off into uh into right field to score Bo Naylor and tie this game up so good at bat there and then uh Josh Naylor uh with a big monster home run uh in the uh what inning was that in that was in the uh third inning and uh, un- unfortunately Cleveland, Gavin Williams gives up two runs in the bottom of the third. So once again, they can't win in inning. uh, they have a chance here to, to, to take some momentum and they give it right back, uh, which, you know, frustrates me. Uh, but a good swing by Josh Naylor here. Uh, Alex Cobb was attacking him with splitters, but he was, he was leaving him in the strike zone. So he misses away with a splitter, uh, throws one at the knees, that uh, Naylor foul tips, uh, misses with a sinker inside, and then throws him a splitter on the inside and just doesn't get it down. Leaves, enough, leaves it up enough that Naylor's able to go down and hammer this thing at 108.9 miles per hour, 422 feet into the cove where a kayaker is able to get the souvenir. You know, there's people that stand on the, on the street there, and like throw nets, fishing nets into the water to try to get them and steal them from the kayakers. I think that's ridiculous. I think that if you're if you're don't have the guts to get in the water and get in a kayak or other crazy country. I know there's some some silly things that people do in the cove sometimes. Some people just dive off their boats into the water and get it. I'm sorry. you standing on the pier with a net? No. No, you should be absolutely uh, disqualified uh, from going after balls in the cove. Uh, you got to be in the water to get it. That's that's my theory. I'd, I'd be walking up and down that pier, knocking, slapping nets out of people's hands. That's ridiculous. Um, all right, back to baseball. 108.9 miles per hour is the hardest hit ball of the game, the furthest hit ball of the game. It is the biggest shot of the game. Uh. So yeah, so it's nice to see Naylor once again make someone pitch for an pay for an inside pitch. Uh it's nice to make them pay for uh an error, right? They let Ramirez on via an error. It uh it would have ended the inning. Uh it would have been a ground out to end the inning. Instead it extends the inning and Naylor hits the two-run home run. That's why I'm guessing Alex Cobb is not charged for any earned runs despite giving up a home run. Is that possible? Uh, It goes as two unearned runs, and I have to imagine the only reason for that is because the error to Ramirez would have ended the inning. So by the butterfly effect, you can't say he would have given up the home run to Naylor next inning. So it goes as, I don't know, that's bizarre to me. That's bizarre that he doesn't have a one earned run. You gave up a home run, dude. How is that not charged as an earned run? That's bizarre to me. I can understand if it were two runs given up, one earned. But that's bizarre to me in the scoring right there. So, I mean, that's got to be a bright spot, right? Naylor has a big game. Uh, He's got two hits. He also had a double But they all came early in the game. We couldn't get the big one late in the game when we needed it from him in the ninth inning when we had a chance to take the lead uh, and put classe in a better situation uh, to try to make that save in the bottom of the ninth as opposed to the bottom of the tenth. So, unfortunately, Naylor there, uh, everything came too early in the game for him. Uh, I mean, a couple guys had multi-hit games. Bo as well had a multi-hit game. Actually, Multi-hits and two walks. He was on base four times in this game. So, Bo Naylor doing his best uh, at the bottom of the lineup. Unfortunately, he had Miles Straw hitting behind him. So, uh, that's not going to get the job done. Uh, yeah, so, multi-hit games from him. Multi-hit game from Jimenez. Uh, a couple guys had decent offensive showings. They just couldn't string it all together. On the pitching side of things, uh, Gavin Williams... Uh, you know had a decent game uh four walks not great uh in fact he's done that multiple multiple times he's never thrown more than four uh walks in a game but against the rangers uh and back in july uh four walks against the phillies and his next start in july four walks uh against the Houston Astros four walks uh and in his last two starts the twins and the giants now four walks so definitely something that he is going to have to get under control if he wants to be an ace if he wants to reach ace status i'm surprised only two strikeouts in this game too uh we usually see him get a few more strikeouts than that um so yeah so uh he's got to get those walks down he's got it i mean. You've got to be in more command than that. Now, he is in more command than he usually is, especially that forcing fastball. Looking at the Illustrator, we're used to seeing that forcing fastball flying way up to the arm side. There's none of that in this game. Yeah, sure, he misses with a couple of fastballs. Everybody does. But a lot more command at the top of the strike zone with that forcing fastball, which is encouraging to see. And It's surprising to see that many walks uh, when he actually had command of his fastball. So he was hitting the top of the strike zone with that fastball. He was hitting the uh, arm side edge of the plate with that fastball, which is fine. Um, and hitting the bottom, hitting the knees, painting the knees with the, of the strike zone with that fastball. So encouraging to see him locating the fastball better. Just couldn't get any swing and miss. And couldn't get, uh, you know, gave up way too many walks uh, in this one. Uh, In fact, nobody was getting swing and miss. I mean, he was the leader at six swings and misses. Alex Cobb, the starter for San Francisco, only had three whiffs on the entire day. Uh, The relief pitchers had more whiffs than Alex Cobb did. So it was a weird day where nobody was swinging and missing. Um, So yeah, so uh, they just put a ton in play. They didn't even foul off a lot of Gavin Williams pitches. Uh, They just put a ton in play. Uh, or drew their walks. And I believe, going back to the scoreboard here, now the first run they score is a solo home run. Mastrzemski, first batter of the game. It's a pitch, it's a fastball that misses inside. Gavin, or Bo Naylor, is clearly set up outside. Has to, if you look in the highlight, he's reaching back across his body pretty far there. So he really misses his target. With this fastball and comes middle into Jastrzemski, who's been incredibly hot for them. And he puts this thing out at 103 miles per hour. Doesn't quite get it out of the ballpark. It lands at the top of the wall there in right field. 368, but it's good enough for It would have been a home run in 26 out of 30 ballparks. So good enough there from Jastrzemski. So he gives up the home run there. He has two walks in that first inning, but he's able to get out of it with a Lamont Wade Jr. ground out. And then in that third inning, it's a walk that's going to hurt him. Um, Mitch Haniger would be on uh, with one out. Theo Estrada uh, would get on via single. Then he'd walk Haniger, move Estrada into scoring position. Jock Peterson would single him in. And then on a J.D. Davis ground out to Bo Naylor, or to Josh Naylor, too many Naylors on this team. So Josh Naylor, they can't. He can't make any other play with it. His only play is to run to first base and get the runner out. And it allows Hanager to come in and score. So uh, a walk does cost him a run there eventually. Um, So luckily it only costs him one run in this thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, we really got to be watching those walks with Gavin Williams. So so nothing was working as far as CSW numbers go. It's a 20% CSW for Gavin Williams. Like, it wasn't, he was sharp based on location. Like, right, I, I give him credit for relocating in the strike zone, but wasn't fooling anybody, uh, wasn't getting it past anybody. Uh, San Francisco was aggressive and on him most of the game. But still, six innings pitched, three runs or less, goes as a quality start. The final line six innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs, four walks, two strikeouts. And the home run given up on 93 pitches. He is hard hit. It's a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Uh, so that is a lot of hard contact given up. So probably lucky to escape with only three runs given up. Again, especially with all those walks. All right. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I don't have more details than that. I mean, I could run through all the times the offense disappointed us by not bringing that run in. We already talked about it in the eighth and ninth inning where they had their opportunities, but this lineup just can't find the big hit anywhere. So uh, that's kind of all my thoughts on this one. Uh, this Man, it it's really sucks that uh, we were able to at least battle, right? We battled as long as we battled, but then to blow it in the bottom of the 10th inning. Usually that advantage goes to the away team in those extra innings, but we're only able to scratch across one, right? There's the failed bunt attempt by uh, Tyler Freeman that turns into a field of choice. Naylor gets thrown on at third. If you're going to lay down that bunt, it can't have that happen. Luckily, Freeman makes up for it by stealing and moving into position, scoring position, and Andres Jimenez is able to single him in. Uh, and Jose Tania unfortunately strikes out to end things in the 10th inning. Again, little surprised that he left Tania in. I mean, who did he, he had on his bench. um, I guess uh, uh, Fry, Loriano were on the, I, Laureano might not even be available after jamming his hand. I don't, I don't think he went on the IL, but uh, by jamming his thumb, I guess Fry was your only hitter. Left in Arias and Gabriel Arias. So, I mean, he had other choices on the bench, but he leaves the rookie Tanya in there in the 10th inning. And unfortunately he strikes out. He uh, had a chance to add one more. You had a runner in scoring. You had him in scoring position again in the 10th inning. So that's the 8th, 9th and 10th inning. You have opportunities and you can't get the big hit. Um, so that's all my thoughts. I'll let Marlin react because Marlin stayed up and watched this thing. Uh, another late game, another disappointing result entering tonight's game. The San Francisco Giants have owned the Cleveland Indians guardians with a whopping eight in one record during Tito's tenure. Oddly enough, the last time Cleveland won was July 18th, 2017, in which Matt Moore took the loss for the Giants. The trend continues. Unfortunately, the Giants had no business winning this game with how sloppy they were. Three errors and a pair of pass balls. That's right. They did. They did give us a lot of opportunity to score there, but they did. The late Dennis Green was known for his post-game rant of they were who we thought they were. Well, tonight the Guardians showed us they are who we thought they are. A bad team. Um, Alright, what else did he go on here? Uh, while the 2023 Guardians season has been nothing to write home about, I'm very proud of the rookie Big Rig didn't have anywhere near his best stuff, but he found a way to stay in the game. I feel this is one of the reasons why they are so advanced despite their lack of MLB experience. These youngsters are wise beyond the years, what's funny is, is the 90s Cleveland Indians were known for their high-powered offense before starting pitching. The 2023 2023 Cleveland Guardians have elite starting pitching but lousy offense. I wish there was a way we could send Bieber, Dr. Sticks, Allen, Bybee, Big Rig, and X-Man in a time machine and transport them to the 1990s where they would have had the run support they deserve and the World Series we've all been longing for. Um, He hammers Will Brennan here for not taking a walk uh, in the eighth inning. Uh, the lack of discipline and, uh, and patience, especially for someone who has thus far displayed very little power, is glaring. He has an advantage 2-0 count and swings at ball three that was in on his hands instead of working the count to 3-0. and He hits a weak comeback of the pitcher. The sad part is he needed the at-bat. Bo Naylor had afterwards a deep fly ball, which would have scored Jimenez from third. Brennan should have given the Guardians the lead before Kepler had a chance to bring in the dangerous Camilo Duvall. So, I mean, I looked Brennan, yeah, he, he does not walk a ton. And it's we've talked about this before. It's part of the reason why you can't really compare him to Stephen Kwan, right? Their, their, their batting averages might be similar, but the OPS and the on-base percentage for Brennan is terrible. So he's drawn no walks the entire month of September. Uh, he had two walks in August. His last walk was on August 28th against Minnesota or 29th against Minnesota. Before that, you got to go back to August 5th against the White Sox. So, yeah, he doesn't and because of that, like I said, his on-base percentage is bad. It's a 2.97 on-base percentage. Sorry, right, that's just not it's not good enough. You have to draw walks at the major league level. You have to, keep him honest. He's in the first percentile in all of baseball when it comes to walk rate. 2.9 uh percent of the time. Number one, first percentile. That's bad. You don't want to be there. I mean, the opposite end of it is K percentage is in the 94th percentile. So he doesn't strike out, but he doesn't walk. And when your average exit velocity is in the third percentile, so an average exit velocity of 85.7, when you're not hitting the ball hard and you're not taking walks, you're going to have a lot of weak outs, a lot of weak outs. Um, So yeah, Will Brennan... uh, it's definitely something that he's gonna have to work on if he wants to stick around the major league level uh being a 268 hitter is fine but you gotta add some walks into it you have to get the on base percentage up uh he would not he would not you know make it in the money ball Aaron I'm thinking of the joke from uh from money ball where he points at uh De who's put the guy playing Jonah Hill playing Deesta He gets on base. That's not Will Brennan. Will Brennan wouldn't have made it on those athletics Moneyball teams. Uh, He wouldn't have been a target for him because of this on-base percentage. Uh, Great scene. Great baseball movie scene. Whatever you think of the movie Moneyball, that's a funny scene. Um, So, yeah. So, you're absolutely right, Marlon. Uh, He's got to work on that. All right. Thank you for the email, Marlon. MVP on the day. I think i got to go with Josh Naylor. He was... He tried. He had a multiple extra base hits in the game. The only one with extra base hits in the game for the Guardians. He was trying. He he makes a diving stop in that third inning. He just can't do anything with it except go back to first base and uh, get the force out there. So uh, I thought it was a a good game from Josh Naylor. I would have loved for him to have that hit in the ninth inning to kind of cap this thing off. But at least he was trying offensively with the multi-extra base hit game. So MVP on the day is going to Josh Naylor. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I, I wish I wish I could have woken up to better news, and I wish I could have had better news for you this morning. But unfortunately, the final from San Francisco, it's the Giants 5, the Guards 4. You can follow me on Twitter at Barris. You can email the show at Cleveland Baseball Mornings at gmail.com. If you've got any thoughts coming down the stretch here, if you've got thoughts about Emmanuel Classe as the closer, Uh, Go ahead, hit me up, and we'll discuss it on the show. And thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.